0: Welcome to Simone Che. What's up? I'm Sydney. I'm Shu. And tonight we're talking to you about objectum sexuality. Did I say that right? Yes, you did.
1: What?
0: Yeah. Objectum sexuality,
1: or uh, also known as objectophilia, mm.
0: which I kind of like. I kind of like that. We love philias uh, on the show. Ooh. Because we'll you up. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Thanks. Thanks. Off the cuff. Improv. <laughs> I don't want to brag or anything, but I had that thought just now. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> also, I can't do rehearsed material because I have the memory of a goldfish. So yeah. it happens.
1: That's so good.
0: good for you. Good for me and my stupid fucking brain.
1: <laughs> okay. Objectivephilia. Yes. Um, in case you didn't know, this is a form of sexuality focused on particular
0: in, uh, inanimate objects. Okay, so we're talking coffee tables, anything from like a book to a building. Yeah, it's not just it's not just uh, buildings. it's not just cars. it's I love lamp. I love I do love lamp. <laughs> that was from a movie. yeah uh 40 year old version oh is that what that's from yeah okay so i always think of um beauty and the beast because all those objects oh yeah but they were animate is that how you say it yeah they were
1: they're animated
0: they're an. they (laughs) all shit they were animate and animated so they actually wouldn't count because objectum sexuality is static objects yes okay
1: And so, um,
0: individuals with
1: objectum sexuality, or as we will refer to it from now on, OS. OS. Um, feel strong feelings of attraction, love, and commitment to certain items or structures. And they may also feel a sense of reciprocation from the object. Okay. So, to them, they're feeling it, and they're getting the feelings back. So...
0: Two things in my limited research. Some people, it's very much a love relationship. Right. And for other people, it's purely sexual. Yeah. So it seems like surprising to no one. It seems like the men are, I'm into cars and I fuck cars. (laughs) And women are like, I am in love with this building and we're married to this. I'm married to this building. And it's definitely more of a romantic thing for women versus guys are just
1: yeah it does seem to be
0: that way it's weird men are from mars women are from from venus Venus.
1: oh yeah (laughs) well um some people with os believe um they also believe in animism and what is that that is the religious belief that objects, places, and creatures all possess a distinct spiritual essence? So, no matter what it is, it has a soul and can
0: reciprocate feelings okay. to you. Which pro- animism, animism, which probably is related to I listened to a radio lab a million years ago and. And it was about attachment to objects and sentimentality Okay, where, you know how some people, they won't. Oh, they my don't, God. I'm this person. What? You feel connection to objects? Yeah.
1: Like, not so much now, but when I was younger, hard. Like Really? I kept a, my mom will tell you this. She always gives me shit for this. I kept a crushed, like, soda can uh-huh. that my friend gave to me
0: so yeah you would definitely be in this camp the the one of the hosts of radio lab he was uh, inspired to do this because his wife just feels nothing if she holds any sort of okay historical object or keepsake she just doesn't get it like what it's just a thing it's just and Versus, he's like, you don't see the importance of this object, and uh, they unearth why certain people are like that and others aren't. I don't remember the answer. Oh, shit! I wanted to know. I was like, why? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember oh, okay. why. But it's it's a wiring, and it's it it's like it's a it's a link. You know, it's a brain difference where some people okay. it lights up a like a bonding connection, and other people it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Well. So animism believes yeah. that the, there's a spiritual essence to these objects. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's its
1: whole own thing. Like we should cover that sometime. Okay, I was I went down a wormhole of like all the different things related to OS. Yes, but there's a lot. Is all kinds of shit.
0: I was in, so in thinking about this show and doing the research, where people have these sexual connections to objects and these romantic feelings i kind of got jealous of them where well because i'm like how how lucky are you that you like can get all hot and bothered and turned on by a banister right like that's pretty exciting easy come easy go and meanwhile i it takes a lot for me to even give a shit about another human being. Who even gives a shit about anything? I don't give a shit. Oh my god, I
1: I went to dinner the other night. Mm-hmm. I had a couple Bellinis. Ooh, I had a bowl of pasta. As full as mm-hmm. buzzed. I came home and sat on my papas on, and my cat crawled on my chest, and I fell asleep in like two seconds. And then I woke up and I dragged my ass to bed, mm-hmm. and it was like nine o'clock. And so Deacon was like, you need to get up. Yeah. It's too early. And I just looked at him and I said, why? Who even gives a shit about anything? Who does? Who even gives a shit? (laughs) And then I just turned around went back to sleep. (laughs) Because I think in that moment I was just like, why the fuck do I need to be awake right now? For what? For
0: what? For why? Yeah. You don't have to do anything.
1: Yeah. So
0: so who even gives a shit?
1: Fucking banisters, man.
0: But some people give a shit very deeply about banisters. Yeah.
1: So you're jealous of them? I you want Well, that? kind of, because... Maybe you haven't tried it hard enough.
0: I mean, okay. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with an object? Okay. I don't <laughs> know that I could have sexual or romantic feelings for an object. However... In my search to always be less judgmental and always try to understand others, I have this stuffed talking porg animal, like oh, from the new Star yeah. Wars. It's a so it's a porg, it looks like a little bird creature. And it flaps its wings and squawks. And this thing is so fucking cute. I practically lactate at it. Like, the minute I turn it on, I just want to cradle it like a baby. And, like, my ovaries go insane. And I am practically lactating for this fucking talking stuffed animal. Porg. So, I thought, and, yeah, he has a little house I made him. It's a popcorn tin that has a porg on it. So, it's his (laughs) porg home. Um, and, uh, someone sent me a picture the other day of a bumper sticker someone had that said porgon on board. And I was like, oh my God, I need a porgon board sticker so my Porg can ride in the car with me. So I have very maternal feelings to this thing that is not real. Yeah. It is not fucking real. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, if I feel very maternal to this fucking thing, this stuffed animal, maybe that's what these people are feeling, but... It's sexual. Right. And I need to respect that. Yeah. Because it's just having a primal biological urge. Mine is maternal. Theirs is sexual.
1: Yeah. You know, now that you say that, I can kind of get down with that. Because when I was in high school, I had this fat bastard doll. And even though it was like hard plastic, uh-huh. and you could pull the string in the back, and it would be like, get in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> But I slept with it. Nice. Like, every night. So uncomfortable. But I loved it. I just thought it was like, I don't know.
0: I, I don't, don't even know what I liked about I it. I fully support that because two years ago, I almost bought a $60 Kylo Ren, like three foot tall Kylo Ren action figure oh because I God. thought it would feel very comforting to sleep next to Kylo Ren. Yeah. I have a lot of emotional feelings towards Star Wars because way to go. Yeah. Good job. Good job, George Lucas. Good job, Disney. You have emotionally manipulated me, but I almost was like, I need this doll. This will feel. This will help me sleep. Um, I did not because I was just sixty dollars yeah. for a fucking doll. That's a but lot. I thought I thought about it for like two months, and I'd see them. You're at like, stores. I could
1: put thirty dollars aside one month, and then thirty dollars aside another, and it wouldn't be that. It much. wouldn't be that bad. But then I just was like, what. If I just saved $10 for six months. Like I I could have, I had $60, (laughs) but no, but that way it just seems cheaper when you like break it up. You're like, well, I just took $10 from here and there. And then all of a sudden
0: I had the $60 and I thought, why not just go buy my Kylo Ren? (sighs) I guess. But then it's like just the act of exchanging. You saw me. You saw me go to buy a t-shirt at My Favorite Murder and then walk away. I did. Because there is like a window of me spending money yeah. where I just can't. I was like I'm not going to pressure her. Because I hope you didn't feel pressure. I didn't feel pressure. Okay, and I would have bought the shirt. I If almost... there was no line, I could have impulse spent $35 on a shirt. I w- was going to buy it for you just Because I knew you
1: wouldn't buy it. And I was like, I really want us to wear I'm a Georgia and I'm a Karen shirt
0: because I got the I'm a Georgia. And you're a Georgia. I am. I'm a Karen. You are. And maybe I'll order one online. I just, in my life where I'm making changes to save money. It's a good, it's a good call.
1: And that's why I didn't buy you one because I was like, look, shoe. You don't need to spend $70 yeah, I'm on shirt. two shirts. On shirts. Also, like, Sydney is a woman who can buy herself a shirt if she wants one.
0: And yes. I don't need to, like, give her this fucking shirt. And here's the worst thing. It's a baseball tee. And I love a baseball tee. Yeah. But the center's white. The sleeves are gray. So if you get any stains on it, you can't just throw it in the wash with bleach like a normal white shirt. And there's a potential for that shirt looking real shitty real soon. Because I have a baseball shirt from Female Trouble, our band, and that shirt is rough. Yeah. It is because the white part is just stained up and gray and gross, and I can't bleach wash it. Do
1: you ever look at it and just be like, I want to fuck that shirt.
0: (laughs) I never want to,
1: well. I want to fuck that that shirt. uh, I'll try.
0: I can't fuck that shirt. What if you fell in love with a shirt? I feel like that'd be fine. I feel, if I were in love with a shirt, I probably would be excited to tell everyone about it. Because that's how I am. You'd wear it. You'd be like, I'm married to my shirt. I'm married to my shirt. Are you jealous? So a lot of people with objective sexuality, they feel very shy about it. Mm -hmm. They keep it closeted because they just know the reaction is going to be, oh, say what? Yeah. Imagine how hard it is for people to come out of the closet still as homosexual. Imagine if they're like, oh no, I don't just sleep with people of the same gender or I'm not just a furry. I'm actually not even into humans. I'm into objects. Yeah. That's rough. That's it a is. rough
1: coming out. It is. The way I actually heard of it is I saw an episode of My Strange Addiction. Oh. And it was a woman who is married to a Ferris Will named Bruce. Bruce! I believe you saw her in a documentary. Does she have
0: a shaved head? Um, no,
1: but she did have, like, short hair. She was older. This lady was kind of heavy
0: set and yeah. had a buzz cut. Okay, I think it might be the same This woman. lady was... It wasn't did a Ferris she... wheel. It was, like... But it was a carnival ride. Did she work for the carnival? No. Oh, okay. This cause... woman would... It was... She lived in the States, and this ride was in Germany, I think. Oh, no. It's okay. different people. Because she owned hers. She
1: oh. has put, like, her life savings into... Buying her Ferris wheel husband and also trying to get him back up and running because she fell in love with him when she started working at a fair. This is actually a beautiful story. It is. I watched it and I was like, and most of the time on My Strange Addiction, they try to get people to go see a therapist or a doctor and they'll be like. Uh, the doctor will be like, this is detrimental to your health, whatever, because it's people eating like fucking cat hair. And yeah, shit. It's weird shit. But with this lady, they didn't even try to get her to go see anyone. They were just like, no, this is just her and her husband. She loved it. She crawled inside him. She'd be like, you know, in our private time, we do have a romantic relationship. And then she would go ride the Ferris Uh wheel that was working at the fair. And she's like, I don't consider it cheating because I don't have a relationship with this working Ferris wheel. But I do take the excitement and joy I feel home to Bruce and we share that.
0: That's very sane. That's my whole uh, thing about relationships where I'm like, I think it's fine if people flirt with whoever I'm dating because it gets them sexually charged up as long as they bring that sexual energy home to me right? or like vice versa, like... It's totally fine to go out in the world, get your flirt on, as long as you bring it on home. Bring it on home, baby. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, so I read that because people don't consider objectum sexuality, I tried to find like a clinical or pathological reason why that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't. Um, And apparently in a 2010 issue of the Internet Journal of Human Sexuality, I wish it weren't the Internet Journal that makes it sound less credible.
1: Totally. Um,
0: But in the Internet Journal of Human Sexuality, clinical sexologist Dr. Amy Marsh described Mm -hmm. what she claims is the first ever research study conducted on a group of 40 objectophiles, of which 21 English speaking participants shared their experience. On U.S. television, Marsh revealed that she supported OS as a legitimate sexual orientation. Her research doesn't appear to indicate childhood trauma being a factor in the development of OS. She stated there would be far more objectophiles if this was the case. As one... Oh, that's it? Yeah. Yeah. Which, that was interesting because in the documentary I watched, um, one woman... So a lot of the people with it have Asperger's?
1: Yeah, I was going to say in that study that you just were talking about, um, she she did say about half of them had um, autism. They were somewhere on the autism spectrum.
0: Which makes sense because they're not good at reading nonverbal communication. So they can't, if people on the autism spectrum can't uh, interpret... Uh, body language facial expressions or tone of voice so if they and they they struggle connecting to other human beings Mm -hmm. so it makes sense to me that they might gravitate towards an object which they understand more especially because they're less emotional so something that's more of a static state human beings are so impermanent yeah i guess um ephemeral and so it makes sense that people on the spectrum would gravitate towards a static object it would be more consistent to them and they would understand that more totally but there was one woman in the documentary i watched who she had suffered childhood sexual abuse uh-huh. and then when she she joined the military and she was in love with this sword okay. and she slept with this samurai sword and then when she was in the military, someone tried to sneak into her bunk at night and sexually assault her. And she defended herself with the sword. And so she fell even more in love with this samurai sword. Um, and she ended up getting discharged by the military. They basically said, hey, you need to surrender your sword. <laughs> And she said no. And she read her discharge papers, which was really sad. Aww, um, but that's it was fucked up. It was saying basically, like because of the trauma she has suffered, uh, it's unreasonable to expect that she would ever give up this object because it brings her comfort. And so her objectum sexuality has had led her to be into objects that were weaponry. Um. And as she's gotten older and healed a little bit from the trauma, she now is in a relationship with the Eiffel Tower. And oh, is this the Eiffel Tower woman? No, there's several Eiffel Tower women. Oh, there are? Because okay. objectophiles believe in polygamy. Well, that's cool. This woman actually got together with another woman who was married to the Eiffel Tower, and they went and visited him together.
1: I love that. Right? And they just... Aww. I was like, what do they
0: talk about? Because they say that the objectophiles uh, here... V- basically, they confabulate the other end of the conversation from the object. They have conversations. Mm-hmm. So, can you imagine... Have you ever... <clears throat> I learned the term two days ago, Eskimo sisters? Yeah. Okay. I've never heard that. I've never heard that before in my life. Eskimo sisters is when you've both fucked the same guy. Yeah. So have you ever had an Eskimo sister and you have that conversation where it's like, oh, he was like this with me. Oh, he was like that with me. Oh my God, what a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. So what do these two women talk about with the Eiffel Tower? They're like, oh, he's so romantic. He like writes me poems and the other one's like really he never writes me poems but he does sing me to sleep like what the fuck do you oh my god what the fuck do those conversations sound like between two people dating the same object uh probably a lot like that i don't know it's gonna be the next woody allen movie <laughs> woody listen no oh. actress wants to work with you anymore except for me except I've, for I'll work with woody allen you
1: haven't uh changed your view your viewpoints
0: on woody I don't think so. Okay. But now it's getting to the point where I'm starting to feel like um, before it was all of the evidence that I had and I knew uh, supported that he never did anything. Right. And now I feel like so many people believe the contrary that I'm wondering if I have some sort of... um, disbelief or, like, is it called cognitive dissonance from the facts because I just can't allow myself to believe because I'm such a fan? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. But it is, like, basically two people say that he did molest his daughter and then a bunch of people say that he didn't. And Mia Farrow's a fucking whack job and the other son says that she – he heard her coaching the daughter to whatever – so, I don't know. But anyways, I'll work with Woody Allen. And okay. So, Woody, if you're out there listening, because I'm sure you are, because all 78-year-old famous writer-producers are listening to Simone J. Of course. I'll I'll work with you. I
1: mean, it is Hollywood's podcast.
0: And I'll work for scale. You don't even have to pay <laughs> me a lot. As long as you pay me more than um, the movie theater that I work at. There you go. I still feel <laughs> iffy and I,
1: I have zero desire to work with Woody Allen well, because I'm, I am not an actress.
0: Oh, well, I mean, I'm not really an actress. Oh, Sydney. <laughs> I beg to differ. I saw Frazzle. You saw Frazzle. I can I can do something yeah. with my voice and my body, and we'll call it acting. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I probably should make this. I should probably tweet at Woody Allen. I don't think he has Twitter. He's like, Woody, listen, nobody <laughs> wants to work with you, but I will. I 100% will. Uh... Uh, But I don't have enough hours to join the union. So uh, if you want to do a non-union project, let's get this going. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, my God. And I'll listen. What does he play? He plays the oboe. Oh, really? I don't know. Oh, he plays the clarinet. I'll listen to you play jazz clarinet.
1: He's kind of a weird guy. I love him. Well, little is known about what causes OS. And it's not clear when this sexual orientation first presented itself in humans. Although, there are examples of OS that can be found in classic literature. No way! Yeah. Like One what? sample? example. Well, like what, you ask? <laughs> That's actually exactly what I asked. The hunchback of Notre Dame. Who Notre is- Dame.
0: Who was Not in love Chido. with whom in that? He Was he in love with that bell?
1: Quasimodo was in love with the bells. He was said, he? And I quote, Quasimodo loved the bells, caressed them, talked to them, <gasps> understood them. What? Yeah, then it says some other shit describing the bells part, so I didn't feel like writing down. And then... <laughs> They all shared his love. What? Yeah, he loved the bells. He and then there was another bells. another quote from the book that was like, when the guy gave him charge of taking care of the bells, he felt like inkin to Romeo um, being able what? to love Juliet.
0: No way! Yeah. I gotta read the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I haven't even seen the Disney movie. Yeah. Also, in
1: um, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, Ted Mosby, the one of the characters, is accused of being an ejectophiliac in a flashback with MP, which is the Empire State Building.
0: Um, I saw the woman who's doing that Ferris ride also is super into the Empire State Building, and they showed her caressing and kissing it. And then a security guard came along and was like, ma'am. Are you okay? (laughs) She's like like, yes. She's like, yeah. And then she goes back to caressing it. And he's like, ma'am, you have to go. (laughs) So she turns to the Empire State Building and she's like, bye. And like kisses it as the cop walks her away. And it's like, Girl, you have no shame in your game. Listen, I've (gasps) seen dudes that I want to be all up on it. But if someone's like, ma'am, you can't do that here, I put I pull my dress down. And I walk out of that alleyway yeah. into my car. And then I send a text message that's like, sup, meet me at my place. <laughs> but you can't do that with the Empire State Building, you so can't. what do you... I don't you know. You just stand down the street and stare at it and <gasps> go, oh, no, I feel you too. I feel you too. And It's weird to me to be like, what is... This? Did you see the lady who loves a fence? Yeah. She's like, this fence is so sexy. I would like to oh, get to know this okay. fence. We're
1: going to get to that. Okay. But first... I just want to say well we did find most of our material on Wikipedia. Oh, Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> there is another website called OS International. Uh-huh. And this is a website founded by Erica Eiffel, yes, who adopted her surname after her 2007 marriage to the Eiffel Tower.
0: Uh yes, yeah, she was the one she, okay, before she married the Eiffel Tower, she was in love with her bow because she was an archer, right? Right. Okay. Yes, that's the one.
1: And so this website is a support network for OS individuals and an educational resource for their friends and families. Um, and they just want to let you know that they do not support the 2008 film Married to the Eiffel Tower parentheses, landmark sex, um, stating it is an exploitative and sensationalized take on OS. So if y'all are watching that movie, just know that OS individuals do not support it. Okay. All right. And so, um, you know, I get it, that website was uh, put together by her and this German person. Oh,
0: the German woman. Okay. Are you ready to have me try to pronounce her yes. name? Because I have not practiced Aya Rita, and that's R I I T T A. Yes. Aya Rita Berliner Mauer, and she was in love with the Berlin Wall. That's she right. married it 30 years ago, and so she changed her name, which basically she's Eileen Wall. Yeah, is her name. Actually,
1: she married it in 1979.
0: That's crazy. And
1: uh, so she. Was a big fan of model building when she was younger, uh, specifically fences. Yes. and her, so, her dad was a
0: model builder. Okay. So that's what he did for a living, and he taught her the trade. Oh, okay. He, he built uh, miniatures of things. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's a few pictures of her with her little fences. Um, but that is the object that represents os on the os international website and they have a whole page dedicated to her and why their symbol is the red fence okay it basically it was just very near and dear to her heart and it was a tribute to her um for her courage and devotion to the os community because she came out in the 70s as an os she yeah. coined the term objectum sexuality And um, because she wanted an easy way to explain to people what was up with her. Yeah. So she, her and a couple friends came up with the term objectum sexuality.
0: Um, It made me kind of uncomfortable with myself because, (laughs) so she's really into building miniatures and models of things. Yeah. And because basically she said she can't be with her lovers all the time because they're huge fucking... Right. uh, ...objects. So she builds models of them. And me and one of my closest friends are both really into toys and building, like, cityscapes and collectibles and toys. Oh, I know. Uh, It made me feel real uncomfortable (laughs) with the fact that I have boxes filled with miniatures and toys and uh well do you
1: get horny when you're playing with them no then don't feel weird no that's
0: just the dividing line is that i enjoy i enjoy my toys
1: and you know what even if you did get horny it's okay
0: it's okay it's absolutely okay but it just was like i feel like i have some similarities and hobbies with these women um but uh but yeah i don't get horny so okay. even though, yeah, we both we both enjoy our miniatures. I just am not getting wet while playing with them. Um, I mean, I like making dolls that look like me. Yeah, it's not narcissism. Yeah, no, it's not. It might be narcissism. <laughs> Anyways, so okay.
1: Well, why don't we just go down a little list of uh, some r- mentionable relationships? Uh, okay. So we mentioned in 2007, Erica Eiffel married the Eiffel Tower. Uh huh. Um, in 2010, Women's Day listed 10 romances between people and things. <laughs> Those things included the Berlin Wall, like we said, uh-huh. a fairground ride. Well, uh, yeah, that's the Ferris wheel, probably a body pillow, a Nintendo video game character, a Volkswagen Beetle, the World Trade Center. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Um, a steam locomotive, an iBook and a metal processing system.
0: Uh, OK, so also I just want to let you know that this made me feel uncomfortable because two days ago I was telling my friend uh, just I booked a trip to Disneyland uh, for after I finished moving as yes. my motivation. Like, hey, you've been working a lot and now you're moving and you've been super stressed. And I said, I just needed to know that I could go see my boyfriend, Mickey Mouse, at the end of all this. (laughs) And then I I said that as a joke. And then I started researching this. And there's these people who think that these things are their boyfriends. And I just thought, like,
1: maybe you're in love with uh, Disneyland, the castle.
0: I mean, I just I don't get aroused there. Mm -hmm. I had to keep talking to myself. Because that is, it's actually the least sexual place in the world for me. And that's what I like about that. There's a freedom. And so I had to talk myself down and be like, you are not these people. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, Yeah. I was going to say, it would be okay if you were. But it would like,
1: I would be shook. Yeah. It's like what it's. It's just like realizing something about yourself that you never noticed before. It's
0: like when you, if you have the sniffles and then you go on the internet and Google your symptoms and you find out that you have brain cancer. Because, like, basically, you know how you don't ever, when you're sick, here's a note to our listeners don't Google anything because you. In your fever, sick brain, you will diagnose yourself with everything. If
1: you think you're sick, go to the doctor. And if you don't have insurance, sorry, just go to the emergency room. They'll still treat you and you'll just have a bunch of debt. Go to your your local county hospital.
0: They do it based on scale. Also... Most of the time that you're sick, you don't need medical care. You just need rest. So yeah, that's the other thing. Also, is the like, power of the mind. Yeah. Like
1: if you tell yourself you're not sick, most of the time you get over it faster.
0: Yeah, you just need to rest your body, and it's yeah. fine. And stop thinking about it and making yourself sick. But anyways, that's how I felt. Is this was me? I I feel like I'm I I can tend to be like a psychological hypochondriac where. I can't tell you the number of times I've Googled, like, the same disease just to make sure I don't have it. Like, just to make sure I mean, I don't have borderline personality disorder. Do I? Do right. I? Let me Google it. No, I don't. Like, it's fine. And so I was like, as I researched these sort of things, I'm like, is this me? I have two things out of, you know, the hundred in common. Do I have this? Yeah. So anyways, I well, don't, I'm <laughs> not objective. Sec- I'm not the, I'm not Edward Smith. <laughs> a fifty-seven year old man from Washington State who admitted to having sex with over a thousand cars. Oh dirty wanna, man. You want me to read a quote from him? Yeah. <clears throat> I write poetry about cars. I sing to them and I talk to them just like a girlfriend. I know what's in my heart and I have no desire to change. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Get your fuck on. Dude, Edward Smith has had sex with over a thousand cars, and I'm sitting at home alone being like, why won't anyone fuck me? I should go fuck a car.
1: <laughs> well, while I was doing this research. I just thought, this is pretty fucking cool. I kind of wish I was an ejectophile. Right?
0: I just feel like it'd be so much easier. Yeah, it just seems, it seems kind of sweet. You just find a fence and you sit on
1: it. <laughs> Well, the character of Lee Swift from the television comedy drama Boston Legal is a self-proclaimed objectophile.
0: What, is, what was he you? into? I don't know. I didn't watch Boston Legal, so I have no idea. I did, because that oh, one guy did? locked his mom up in the basement and cut her hand off, and what? I was like, what is... I'm thinking of Boston Public. Never mind. Oh, my God. But still. Did you watch Nip Tuck? I did. Did you re-
1: do you remember the episode where uh, Richard Berge portrayed a plastic surgeon with an emotional attraction to furniture? I think I do remember that. I episode. don't.
0: That's like the least weird thing that happened on that show.
1: Oh, fuck that catch. Oh my god, I had a roommate who <laughs> This is so bad. This is the best thing I'm going to hear don't know ever. If I even say it, but Who cares? Um <laughs> No one cares about anything. Who even gives a shit about anything? (laughs) That's going to be the new sound clip. Yeah, please make Um, that. The way that he would masturbate was by, which I'm sure... People have to do this. I don't know. But he would put his dick in between the box springs. Yes, that's mattress. very common. That is very common. And then one day I came home early from work and I yeah. walked in and he was fucking my favorite chair in the living oh, room.
0: Oh, no. Why is he got taken out to the chair?
1: The one that I always sit in. Fuck. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, gosh.
0: Um, I used to think I was real naughty because I was house sit for my friends and they were Mormon, and so when I would house sit for them, I would smoke weed, uh, in their living room and masturbate on their couch, and I was like, <laughs> I just felt naughtier to be doing it there, you yeah, know? Totally. And then I found out that her little brother, when he would come into town and visit, he always beat off on that couch, and then he would just hide his dirty like cum tissues in the couch cushions. Oh, because she would like catch him and be like, "What were you doing?" He'd be like, That's "Nothing." So rude. I know. And so. Uh, I was like, man, I'm not the only one to beat off on these couches. Your brother's been doing it. And she said, do you know where we got these couches? Uh, A family, like uncle or something, had owned um, commercial real estate. And one of his uh, renters was a massage uh, place. And it turned out to be a rub and tug place that was shut down by the police. And so when he went to... (sighs) empty it out so he could release it there were these couches so these couches were in a rub and tug massage parlor her brother had teenage masturbated all over them I was not the first person to really show those couches who was boss I know so don't don't beat off on something don't fuck car thinking that you're taking its virginity because someone's probably fucked that car before oh
1: god the world's
0: such a dirty place
1: Hey, uh, do you like Big Boy?
0: Uh, the rapper? Yes, I do. Oh, you know who loves Big Boy? Who? Jessica, who we oh, talk really? about all the time. Our friend Jessica. She won't go on a date with someone unless they've listened to Big Boy's new album. Oh,
1: my God. You know what? She was telling me how she's just been playing it all the time. And, and I still haven't so listened. so motivating to her. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, uh, he has a 2012 solo album called Vicious Lies and Dangerous Rumors. Ooh. And on that is a song called... Objective sexuality. Really? I want to hear that.
0: I need to hear that for sure, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, here's one. In 2013, an Australian woman, Jodie Rose, married the... Le Pont de Diable
0: Bridge In France. <laughs> Beautiful, Sydney. Beautiful. I don't know how to say French words. Uh... I'm actually very embarrassed about it. Really? <laughs> it's why when people come... So I've worked at hotels and stuff over the years, and so when people who aren't native to the Southwest pronounce uh, Mexican words wrong, I don't judge them if they don't know the rules of pronunciation to say, like, two L's is a Y or whatever, because they don't know. If you've grown up somewhere else, you don't know, and that's how I feel when I go to New Orleans, because that was, like, a basically a French settlement and i don't know how to pronounce i don't know the rules of pronunciation so when i see a french word i do not know how to sound it out Uh i also went to my favorite middle eastern grocery store this week and i ordered something and i did not pronounce it right because i don't know yeah i don't know i'm not smart
1: i mean it's not that you're not smart it's just that you don't speak that language i don't you don't
0: frequent those places That's why, yeah, that's why you have to be understanding when people say, like, they're like the Calais, and you're like, okay, actually, it's Calais, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I I went out to eat once with a friend, and she was, like, raised super, like, homeschooled until college, very, um, very conservative, and so she didn't know how to say Tzatziki sauce because she's never fucking encountered it in her whole life. And our, router, our waiter was so... I just called him a ruder. Our waiter was so rude to her because she didn't pronounce the words right on the menu. A router, our rooter. A That's what you call a rude waiter. Yeah. And I just... I, it was really... Because he doesn't need to know, hey, this girl just started experiencing the world two years ago. Right. She grew up in the middle of nowhere, homeschooled. Oh, my gosh. Um And... So it's why you should never be rude to someone or assume they're dumb just because they don't know something that you know. Yeah. I think it's 40% of this country the only lettuce they have ever had in their life is iceberg lettuce. So don't be mad if they don't know what your fucking fancy lettuce is. Oh, my God. That's just like,
1: okay, I never had Brussels sprouts until I met Deacon. Okay. And so when he like caught some i thought i legit this is so dumb i thought they were miniature lettuce heads like i kind of are yeah and then anyways i ate them delicious whatever we made some for my grandma Uh for like thanksgiving or something none of my family had ever had really my grandma like this that was seven years ago this past thanksgiving my grandma still is like oh Belinda, do you remember when Deacon made us all Brussels sprouts? I had never had them before, and they were just so delicious. I wish he wasn't working today so he could have made Brussels sprouts for us. Oh,
0: oh well, I love them. They were so good. That's amazing. because, Yeah, yeah because different people have different experience levels with different things, exactly. and you can't... No one is stupid because they don't know things. It they just, just don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Also... Last week, I ate all on the same day. I made like um, a mac and cheese, but with cauliflower instead of pasta. And then I ate roasted Brussels sprouts. And then I had a salad in which I used balsamic and hummus for dressing. And then I had a falafel wrap. It was kale wrapped around shredded cabbage with falafel for dinner. I'm just going to say I've been having some digestive issues ever since. And maybe that... But wasn't it so good? All of it was good. I just felt like I need to eat as much like very healthy food as possible. Yeah. And I've been trying to eat better and make sure I'm getting a lot of nutrients because I'm going through some long days, some physical exertion. Hey, I'm going to work a 10 hour shift and then go move and then, you know replace all the toilets in a house. I better eat something healthy um and then make sure that I have lots of diarrhea to really run those toilets through the ringer. But yeah. So Brussels sprouts, they are delicious, maybe just not paired with hummus and cauliflower and cheese and falafel and kale. Mhm. Don't yeah. do it all at once. Don't do it all at once. It's a marathon, not a race. You don't have to fuck all the cars at once.
1: Just it's like when one. I
0: want to eat everything,
1: and then I, like, want to just eat. I want to eat a burrito, and I also want spaghetti, but I yep. also want ramen noodles. I have to tell myself, hey, there's so many days in this year. You can eat them. You're going to have enough time to eat all that food,
0: girl. Yeah. You don't need to do it all in one day. No. I'll so. say, I can say from personal experience, it's going to be rough on you. Yeah. And me, if you say... If you even consider having sex oh, no. It's not going to happen anytime soon because you are going to be disgusting. And if
1: I do, I'm like, well, you have to get on top. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I'm just like, going to lay here. because am sorry. Mo-
0: I'm going to be really just lay here today. I basically can't put any motion into it. Because There's no motion the- in my ocean. No. Don't go down on me because it might not be good for either of us. That's right. I wouldn't let him do that. Yeah. No. No one. Don't. If you have gas, don't let someone go down on you. It's not nice. That's so mean. Unless they're mean. Unless that's like what they're into, because that could be a whole (gasps) show. I'm sure that is a thing. Oh my god. The house at the end of the street had a sign out in the window one night, and
1: it said "balloons popping." So, (sighs) like, if you you know if you're loud noises, it's it's the balloons. (gasps) Were
0: they doing? This is your neighbor.
1: Dude, I think they were doing like, balloon popping. Yeah, I think they're like a fetish house or something. What? I don't know. We'll that's about the, the weirdest. That is the weirdest. I'm like, why would thing. you put a sign? up? And it wasn't definitely wasn't a birthday party. I'll tell you that much. <gasps> Discovery Channel's Forbidden featured a Dutch man who
0: professed his love for bicycles. Oh, okay, that's fair. Um, in the movie Road to Wellville. Which is about uh, the guy who founded Kellogg's cereal and like turn of the century wellness, Um, and that was the time where you would go to a women would go to a doctor to get an orgasm because it would release their hysteria uh cameron manheim's in that movie and they're out for a a bike ride these women in these dresses wearing riding bikes and she's like oh if you don't mind i'm gonna go my own way i feel a bicycle smile coming on oh my god and i just really enjoy the term (laughs) bicycle smile get your bicycle smile on that's so funny personally that bicycle riding also doesn't do it for me it just makes me red faced and winded. I but mean I love riding bikes but I don't feel sexual while I'm no, doing it. No, it's a whole different endorphin rush that is has nothing to do with my loins.
1: The the thing I'm realizing as we talk about this is I am not an OS person but I am I think I really am what you were talking about earlier, about having attachments to objects. Yeah, you you have attachments to objects. Because I was just thinking about when I was little, I had this...
0: <laughs> you had a Huffy radio flyer?
1: No. What? I don't even... What is that?
0: Oh, wait, no. It was... I... My bike was a Huffy... It wasn't a Huffy oh, radio flyer. Oh, okay. It That's was a Huffy... One of those fancy bikes. It was a bike... It was neon splatter painted, and it came with a boom box that strapped onto the handlebars. Yeah. It was like the nicest thing I ever had as a kid. And my friends would be like, can I take the radio and put it on my handlebars? And I would let them, but I was like, your bike is not cute enough to be wearing that boom box, girl. (laughs) I'll let you fucking, I'll let you borrow my bike's boom Uh, box, but your bike... Your That's bike's so still ain't cute. You got your seventies banana seat Schwinn. It's the eighties, bitch. Get with, with it. it. Get with it.
1: No, I was gonna say I had a pet javelina that was What? A, wait, yeah, let me finish. I, it was a styrofoam. It wasn't a real hard target.
0: Okay. That we loved painted
1: it like a javelina and cut out the shape of a javelina it sounds real cute um because my dad did uh bow hunting okay my dad's a woodsman he hunts yeah all the hunting guns and bows and he's a hunter hunty so get (laughs) with it he's a hunter hunty (laughs) Uh, I love that so much. So I wanted a pet and he, my parents were like, no, because we always had dogs. And for some reason, like they just get rid of them. They're like, you're not taking care of the dogs. We're going to yeah. give this dog away, whatever. They'd run away. Things would happen. And so, I mean, this is, as they I don't, don't, well. Yeah, they do, Sydney. Things this happen. This is a Mexican
0: stereotype. <laughs>
1: well, pet Pet ownership is
0: very transient in the Mexican community. Sometimes stereotypes. You know they're there. They start. The dog comes in. It comes out of their life. If you're white, you adopt a dog, and even if that dog has rabies, you keep that dog until it dies of natural oh, causes. Oh my god! White no. people w- will let a pet ruin their lives and their bank accounts. Well, Mexicans couldn't. are like, this is not working out. You're gone. Yeah, Bye, bitch. I think Bye, we girl. went through,
1: like four dogs. Like we had two. Two at two different times, and then we had these twin Cocker Spaniels named Spot and Spud. And one of them, like, there were gypsies who used to camp out in the. Okay, gypsies is a derogatory term. You're not supposed to say it anymore. Honestly.
0: Oh, my God. That is like. So problematic. Were they actual Roma
1: people? Is that what? I don't even know. They were camping in the creek across from. Okay, where so I they lived. were called
0: gypsies because they were of a transient. They were drifters. They were drifters. And one of them stole my dog. The other one. What? Yes.
1: Okay, they did. <laughs> C- come at me. They did steal my dog, and then the other one. <laughs> Why would? i in. don't know why would anyone come people in? are like first off you don't say gypsy second off i bet they didn't even steal your dog yeah they did yeah Were they you did there no you weren't okay the drifters anyways.
0: stole her dog which is the name of that um bad and bed guy's dog and i don't oh. like it why would you name your dog drifter give it a human name come on
1: that's right and then the other one Um, this lady who lived up the street called us one day and was like, oh, I found your dog and I've been taking care of it. What? And we went to get it and it was so happy in her house. He was like living inside her house, which all of our dogs are outdoor
0: dogs. That's a Mexican stereotype. What can I say? I don't even fucking know. White white people will let the dog sleep in the bed and we'll (laughs) sleep on the floor. This is just like a cultural difference. I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. I'm just
1: saying my Mexican neighbor across the street, both his dogs sleep outside. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. Anyways, we saw how happy that dog was and we're like, you know what? Let Let it go. Keep the fucking dog. Keep the dog. It's obviously happier here. Yeah. My point is, after that, my dad was like, you can't have any more pets. We're not a pet family, Uh huh. but you can have this javelina target (laughs) and- I made the best out of it. I tied a fucking rope around that uh, target's neck, and I would drag that bitch all around the yard all day. I would run with it, and I'd be like, Dad, look, look at my javelina
0: running. If Dan Savage can have a sitcom made about his childhood, so can you. Because you. your childhood stories are the best fucking thing that has ever happened to me ever. You got a boombox, you're Michelle, you That's got right. this Havelina. Yep. I cannot handle it. My Crystal Gale hair. Your Crystal Gale hair. I cannot. Everything about your childhood oh is amazing. God.
1: I was listening to our last podcast. I was cracking up about that Crystal Gale hair because I was just remembering how I used to fantasize that one day I'd be walking down the sidewalk downtown. Down and my hair would be dragging and people would step on it and I'd be like oh excuse me that's my hair just like dragging on the ground behind me
0: the that's the fantasy Yeah, you're so fucking dirty because it's on the fucking ground <laughs> I know oh, I oh love it I love it so much it's all that's amazing okay alright oh, well. anyways so oh we're talking about famous objectophiles yeah um Okay, so, <laughs> so a popular one. A popular one is the Statue of Liberty. A lot of people love her. Of course. Golden Gate Bridge. Okay. Um, this one was my favorite. I, my favorite. I just want you to look at that name right there and anticipate me trying to pronounce it. Okay. So uh, Rainer Delaney. 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 Rainer Delaney, a 40-year-old <laughs> woman from London, claimed she fell in love with a three-foot statue of the Greek god Adonis that she bought for uh, 395 pounds. Oh, shit. Which I think that's like $800. Okay. It's either 800 or 200 I don't know. It. When I was young, I had a subscription to a British teen girl magazine and I learned that it was either it was double or half whatever the fuck we paid. That way when they would recommend cosmetic products, I could be like, "Oh, that costs that much.". <sighs> Because I was one of those girls that wished they were British because I had no cultural identity and I wanted one.
1: Oh, my God. I used to fake a British accent all the time. It's a thing. Probably horribly.
0: It's a thing. My ex cheated on me with a British girl. And when he was telling me about it, he was like, hey, yeah, I thought she was one of those fake British girls. But it turns out she's actually British. And I said, I'm glad we had this talk. I will move in with you. Oh my God. Uh, Because he was like, hey, you want to move in with me? Then you can keep an eye on me and make sure I don't cheat. It'll be good for our relationship. And I said, oh my God. What's the rent? (laughs) Um. Youth, am I right? Youth. Uh, Anyways, okay, so this woman fell in love with this Greek Adonis statue, and it was reported that uh, she enjoys reading and talking to her companion and keeps him close by when she watches television and eats dinner. She also kisses and caresses him, imagining the pair of them walking through meadows of wildflowers or at the seaside. But I feel like this statue, it... It's actually, it's good for her because it's not something, some of these women are in love with national landmarks or architecture that is miles away, and this woman fell in love with something that she bought. No one, she doesn't have to share it like the Eiffel Tower women. Right. It's all hers. Yeah,
1: I like that. I thought, good for you. Does she keep it on her yard?
0: I think she probably keeps it in her house. That's so cool. Good for her. Good for her. Good for her. (laughs) So... Uh, yeah, but a lot of these people, they say that they develop these feelings as soon as they go through puberty, they start developing, which makes the psychologists think that it is a sexual orientation, however rare. Yeah. But it's when... You start, you know, you start sprouting pubes, you're getting feelings, um, but they don't get them for other people. They get them for objects. And that makes it, it's, and they say that, you know, uh, pedophilia, some people think that's a sexual orientation and it happens right at puberty. So if it's, if it's your first sexual inclination, hey, I like objects, then okay. Yeah, Sure.
1: Well, I got to say I got mad respect for the um objectum sexuality community.
0: I kind I'm Y'all super jealous. Yeah, I love it. They but get they get like nervous and twitterpated around objects. Oh man, you should have seen that lady riding the Ferris wheel. cuz they should it, it was cool. I saw a lady riding a fence, and she felt all nervous. They she, they feel butterflies in their stomach right. around objects. I can't tell you the last time I felt butterflies in my stomach. I try to fall in love as often as possible, even <laughs> if it's just for a weekend, and I haven't fallen in love in forever, and this woman's out for a fucking walk, and she sees a fence, and she gets all Twitter-pated, and I was jealous as fuck. <laughs> well, speaking of
1: getting Twitter-pated... <laughs> It's Paul. Paul in my pocket. Oh
0: fuck! She just pulled up pictures of Paul Reiser. She always asks me not to female ejaculate on her furniture, and then she's gonna pull up pictures of Paul Reiser. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. Okay, well, I'm glad I
1: put that. You put throw a throw down. Yeah, first. you put a throw down
0: underneath of me. Oh,
1: okay. there he is, my boo. <laughs> Well, today's he has blue eyes. (laughs) Today's Paul Reiser fact is, he first got his big break starring in Barry Levinson's Diner in 1982. Um,
0: I've never seen Diner.
1: Me neither. Maybe you should check it out on your own. (laughs) I've
0: also never seen the semi-autobiographical comedy series, The Paul Reiser Show. There's so much I don't know about him. That's the thing about relationships. Let me talk to the listeners like I know anything more than they do. Here's the thing about relationships is that you really want to find yourself with someone that you continue to discover and learn and grow with for the rest of your life. I am just every day I'm just surprised and... Um, in awe more so of Paul Reiser. And that's a sign that we're in a healthy relationship because I'm unwrapping him like an onion.
1: That's right. Actually, that's
0: right. I'm peeling back the layers like those flaky Pillsbury biscuits. You know what I'm talking Ooh, about. I love those. Oh, the those are the best. in the morning? Not oh, the croissants. Those like biscuits that have the layers and no, you I see, know what you're oh, talking about, but fuck me. But I've been eating
1: croissants in the morning. Oh. So that kind of just made me think croissants. I'm like... Mm, give me that bread. Give me that bread. I made a... I
0: love bread. I love (laughs) bread. I made a uh, coconut almond flour cornmeal cornbread mug cake for breakfast this morning. Mm. I don't know. It was pretty good. That sounds great. I was super into it. (laughs) That's not relevant to anything. I'm just saying I really love that mug cake. I love it. I love mug cakes. (laughs) I love mug cakes. (laughs) I will eat however amount of bread can be cooked in one coffee mug. I feel like that's acceptable. I like that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Is there anything else? No. This is going
0: to... We're going to file this under our off the rails. Because, (laughs) listen. How can you do a show about objective sexuality that doesn't go off the rails? I don't know. Because it's so all over the place. It's a relatively modern thing. There aren't a lot of facts. There aren't a lot of facts. There haven't been... It's super rare, and it's only recently been documented. So there's not a history or science that we can go into. Apparently, it's not a mental illness. It is just a sexuality, which is what actual psychologists and sexual psychologists say. So don't judge people for it. It's just... you know how you only want to fuck people who look like Kurt Cameron? Well, some people only want to fuck Ferris wheels. And that's just as normal. So that's totally fine. Yeah. But because it is such a small percentage of the population, people don't come out and talk about it a lot. So we don't have a lot of research. Oh, that one guy who fucked a thousand cars. Like, he's like the Hugh Hefner, of car fucking. He was real proud, wasn't he? I, he has to have been. Good for him. Good for you.
1: You know, we here at Simone che, we support objectum sexuality. We're so into it. It's
0: in our four list. We're for it. I want to know every time they interviewed people about the sex act, they just were like, it's just like, it's what goes on between a man and a woman. There's foreplay and then there's the act. and And I'm like, is it really like what just goes on between a man and a woman? Because I feel like I mean, I assume it's like what goes on
1: between a man and a woman when they have decided that they no longer want to actually stick things in other things and they only want to have sex with each other by masturbating and staring into each other's eyes.
0: Which is also fun because I love, you know what I love? I love mutual masturbation. That shit is Oh, it's great. It'll bring you together. It's super fun. It's super safe. But also, having recently been with a partner who just lied there, I found like that was the <laughs> problem with objective. Because I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not at a point right now where I want to take full charge of what's happening. Right. And if you are an objectophilia, you, like, really have to be like, I am going to put in all the work. Yeah. Because you cannot just lie there. You cannot be a passive sexual partner If you are in a relationship with a church pew, you've got to be putting your back into it. You are always on top.
1: You can do it. Put your back into it. Uh. (laughs) You can do it. Put your back into it. Uh. Hey, if you are an objectum sexuality person, you can email us at samochepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and um, just hear your perspective on things. If you want to just check out our social media, you can find us on Twitter at Simonche Pod or on Instagram at Simonche Podcast.
0: Uh, yeah, you've been putting some real great stuff up on the social meds and people should check it out.
1: Yeah, and also I just want to let people know I'm going to start putting things up on Instagram and that are for listeners only. So, like, if you see the picture, You'll get it. Other Instagram followers, they're going to be like, what's this random ass picture on uh, on Instagram?
0: Yeah, and don't be fronting on Instagram like you listen to the show and then I text you something about my life and you're like, what? And I'm like, You obviously don't listen. Oh, we know if you follow us on Instagram, you're not
1: really listening.
0: Yeah, you like all of our posts and then you act like you don't know I live in my mother's garage. Come on. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Also have a happy hump day. Happy hump day.